we want to now look at the beginning of this familiar story of David and Goliath, 17th chapter, looking at verse 12. If you can join me there, verse 12 will go to verse 19. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The Word of God says, Now David was the son of a man named Jesse, an Ephraite from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Jesse was an old man at that time, and he had eight sons. Jesse's three oldest sons, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shimea, had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistine. David was the youngest son. David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army. But David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. One day, Jesse said to David, Take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brother and give these ten cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Praise God for his words. You may be seated. As you take your CV, you can help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell them, waiting for your time. Amen. If you want another subtitle, you can look at your neighbor and tell them this, wait for your moment. Mm. Mm. This familiar text, this familiar story, a very popular story, very famous story of David versus Goliath. We hear that oftentimes when you think about underdogs and underachievers, how David versus Goliath. You have a minuscule, small one, un, 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 unassuming, versus a giant who is expected to win, the favorite, the hero, the champion. And oftentimes we, we put that, and oftentimes we don't have the expectation of a David defeating Goliath, but we use that terminology when an underdog is going against an expected victor, expected victory, expected winner. We say, oh, it's like David versus Goliath. But we live in a society that we like the underdog. We, we like the underdog. We root for the underdog. And, and you might think about it definitely come March Madness when everybody's filling out their brackets. They like for the underdog to win, but they never put the underdog in their bracket because they want to win their pool. So they say, I'm going to go with the chalk. I'm going to go with the winners, and, and I put them there. But I don't think the underdog has a chance of beating the bigger, the more profound, and the name organization. Sometimes we feel that same way in our lives, that we start thinking it's like David versus Goliath, that I'm small, I'm unassuming, I may not be able to compete against the bigger names and those who have better credentials and more alphabets after their names. But I want to encourage us today, wait for your time. Wait for your moment. If you look early in this text, you, you find out that Israel is facing off against the Philistines for 40 days. That number should stick out to somebody. 40 days. Uh, many times there's a trial happening in our Bible. We see it involves 40 days or maybe 40 years. In 40 years, it was dealing with Moses. 40 years, he stayed with Pharaoh. 40 years, he was in the wilderness. 40 years, he came back and led them into the promised land. In 40 days, we find out how Jesus was in the wilderness. And 40 days after 40 days, he came out of the wilderness. 40 days, Moses was up on the mountaintop speaking with God, receiving the Ten Commandments. 
Now we find another 40 days here in the wilderness, a time of stagnant, a time of nothing's happening but fear and trembling. For 40 days, it says that Goliath comes out and defies the, is, the army of Israel and defies God by calling them out, saying, who dares come out and face me? Aren't I a Philistine? Aren't you Israelites? Shouldn't you come and face me? For 40 days, King Saul is hiding in the back of his tent. Tell your neighbor, you can't leave from the back. He's in the back of the tent trying to lead them as they are scared up front. Now, look here closely. I'm going to bring something out to highlight to us. Oftentimes, we look at this text so many times as seeing it David versus Goliath. But I want to highlight to you that you can also see within this text David versus Saul. How can you see David versus Saul? Well, first and foremost, the people decided that they wanted a king to go out before them and lead them. The people also decided that we no longer want God, but we want a physical king to sit on the throne and we will be their people. And do you know how they chose this king? He was head and shoulders above all the others, which means he was taller than them. He was the one that looked like a champion to them. But look how this text shows up, that the champion of Philistines is standing before them and their champion is hiding behind them. Mm. So this is a time of setting. But look here. Nowhere in this text is it says that David is in the army. Nowhere in this text it says that David is in fear and trouble. No, David is doing his business. Mm. I want to highlight something else to us that as we're waiting for our moment, it's good to be obedient. Mm. Look what happens here. David is being obedient to his father. His father tells him to do what? Go take a lunch. To your brothers and, and take this cheese to their captain and, and see about their well-being. Now, I, I don't know about you, but there have been some times that you might found out in your life, as I found in my life, when you are just doing a simple task, a remedial task, a plain task, that you might see an opportunity mm. for God to use you in an extraordinary way. You might have been just going to the grocery store ready to go buy your milk and your eggs, and you run into somebody you've been meaning to connect with. You exchange information, and your life hasn't been the same since. Or you might have been just on your way to go somewhere, you decided to stop somewhere else first. And somebody happened to be there that needed your assistance. But if you were not obedient, taking care of your task, you might have missed out the opportunity to be a blessing. Here in this text, no, nowhere does it say that David went out to fight. Y'all see that, right? He was just a messenger. But yet, because of his ready obedience of doing the work, look what the work he was doing. He was looking after the sheep. It says that his brothers were in the army, but he stayed at home to look after the sheep. Because he was ready to look after the sheep. Y'all catch that in a minute. And as he's looking after the sheep, 
He has weaponry on him because at any moment and at any time, something might come after the sheep. But as he realized, his father says he sends them off to go look after. They're in this valley, and look where they are. They're in this place called Ephes Damon, which means the border of blood, which means this is where a lot of blood was shed. And the armies are, are camped on both sides of the river. They're up on the mountaintop, and the fighting takes place in the valley. You understand? They're sitting up high, but they got to go down low to fight. And that's one reason why Goliath, as he's standing defying them, why nobody wants to go, because they got to climb down the mountaintop and then go face this man that is bigger than everybody. Because the Israelites' average height, they says about really five foot. Six inches. Five foot. Six inches. Five foot. Six inches. Think about it for a moment. Being five feet six inches is not very tall. And this man is believed to be nine feet. Three inches. So they're going to be five. They're going to be, if y'all ever watch basketball, they're going to be uh, Muggsy Bogues going up against Shaquille O'Neal. And Shaquille O'Neal is only seven feet. Add two more feet to that. And, and they're looking like, how are we going to fight against that? He's so big, he got somebody else carrying his shield. He's so big, his, his weaponry, his armor weighs as much as we weigh. How are we going to fight him who's wearing a, 160 pounds of bronze? And that's how much we weigh with our armor on. How is it that we're going to fight this man? We're not going to fight. And we small. Saul's bigger than us. Look, another highlight here. Saul, it says that Goliath has bronze armor. Saul has bronze armor. Mm. So their champion, the man standing between the two armies to fight them, is ready to fight them. But Saul, the king of Israel, is scared because of what they see. Tell your neighbor, don't believe what you see. In this time of them waiting for their moment, look at this here. The Israelites are waiting 40 days to see victory while all it took was for one moment of obedience for things to change. Y'all see that? It says for 40 days, Goliath has been coming back and forth, back and forth, consistently defying Israel while they're hiding in their camps. Their brother's out to the front line. David shows up and he hears Goliath saying what Goliath says. And he says, well, dare this uncircumcised Philistine talk about my God. Mm. Obedience leads to great opportunities. Because of him waiting for his moment, and he was ready through his obedience, he hears something, he sees an opportunity. Others see fear and trembling. David sees faith in God. Y'all see that there? His obedience leads him to a great opportunity. Because word got in the camp that there's somebody talking about fighting this Goliath. It reached all the way up to Saul. Saul said, well, bring him here. And look what happens here. They see Goliath, nine feet, three inches, big, armor, bronze, ready to go. Got a javelin, look like a weaver's beam. Got iron at the end, look like it could destroy anybody and everybody that comes after him. And here comes a little Roddy shepherd boy. Saul looks at him saying, how are you going to fight him? 
you don't have experience. He's been fighting since he was a youth. He's been trained in this kind of combat. I, I can look at you and tell you what you're able to do. Watch out somebody. Can't believe what you see. There might be somebody here that looked at you and told you all that you could do. Told you all that you can't be. Told you how you were never good enough. Told you you can't achieve this. Told you cannot do that. But they have not heard from God. Y'all understand here that Saul is unaware that David's already been chosen as the next king. Can I help somebody out there? You hear this all the time saying you don't know who you're talking to. You might be there. They might be your next boss. You're going to talk down to somebody and you're going to show up for an interview. And that one you are rude to is the one that you want to hire you. Y'all see it? David versus Saul. David comes. He is rejected. How is, how is Saul rejecting David? He's looking at the outward appearance. Go back earlier when David was chosen by God. He says, man. Looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the inward. Mm. How did they choose Saul? Oh, we want him because he's head and shoulders above. He looks like a leader. He stands like a leader. He looks like a leader, but the problem was he didn't act like a leader. They're looking for somebody to lead from the front. He's leading from the back. They're looking for somebody to be their champion. He is scared to stand. But David just hears about Goliath talking about their God. And he mentions something close here. He says this uncircumcised Philistine. You know what he's saying there? He's saying, how dare this one who has no relationship with God stand and defy God? Because David understood that I have a covenant relationship with God. That's why we got that good old song from David that says I was young, but but now I am old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. He understood that God made a covenant relationship with his people, that he will never leave them nor forsake them. So he understood, how can this one who has no covenant with our God stand before us and act like he can defeat us when our God will never leave us? Help you understand, they understood this, that if their God fought their battles, they should always win. And so David understood, because look how he went forth. He, he went to fight by faith. They went to fight with metal. That's why we have, not only does his wait for his moment, but his obedience brings greater opportunities. Now we see how tried faith versus tested metal. Look, look, look what he says about tested metal. Saul puts, you could continue reading, Saul Tells David, okay, Dave, you want to fight him? Uh, uh, put on my armor. Uh, 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 I tested this armor. I, I've used this armor. I, I want you to put on this armor and, 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 and you go and, and fight Goliath. Now, now, David puts on the armor, but he says, this is untested. Y'all see that? I have not tried this before. You, you go on by what you've tested in metal is something man has made and man has limitations. I have not tried this before, but I have done this. Anybody here tried the Lord? He says, I, I, I tried the Lord. There, there were some times I was out uh, watching my sheep and a, a lion and a bear both came out and tried to take some sheep. Now, here, here's where this story is not unfamiliar. Uh, uh, Saul probably heard this story many times before, how a lion and, or a bear come and take the sheep. And that's all she wrote. They said, well, he got one. He did not get them all. But no, the story shifted here. He says, I went after 
here's the here's how the story shifted. This is when you see the inwards of David. That David realized that every opportunity, the opportunity for God to show me something new. He says, "I went after." And when they fought back, look, look. He says he he expect them to fight back, but they had the audacity. That's something. The lion and the bear had the audacity to fight them back. He said, "Well, when they did so, I struck them down." And look who he gives the credit to. He says, the same Lord that's delivered me, has saved me, has rescued me from the lion and the bear, he can do the same against this giant. Mm. Anybody here tried the Lord before? How man has told you what they can do or what they're going to do or what they're going to try to do, but you says, but I know the Lord because we definitely in science and medicine, right, when they say, well, they're going to give this chemotherapy or, or they're going to do this kind of therapy. And this is the chances that it might be successful. It might get part of it, but it might not get all of it. But we said, but I know a God that can get all of it. I know a God that can change it. And how many times some of us have gone back for a checkup and the doctor says, I don't know what, what's going on, but there's nothing there. And you realize that it's the same God that has rescued me before, has delivered me again. You are going by what you tested with man, what you tested with science, but I'm going by my faith that I've tried in the Lord and I found that every time he comes out successful. And so as he's realizing this circumstance, he's pointing out to him. And look again how David versus Saul. Saul, again, has lacked trust in God. There was a time before when he was rejected as king that God told him to wait. Saul could, uh, Saul could not wait. God told him to destroy everything. Saul heard the people say, that stuff looks good. Let's go with it. There's times in our lives that we might feel just like Saul, that we go what people say, that we don't really trust in God. We trust what we can see. And that's when we lose out what God has for us. But when David realized that I can't see it, I don't have to believe it, but I know that my God can do us uh, beyond what I can see or do. Because here's this text again. The text opens up with a champion standing out who's been defying the children of Israel for 40 days. A champion that has a, a person holding his shield before him as he stands nine feet tall and some six inches. And he has a bronze armor on him that weighs a hundred and some eighty pounds. And, and he's standing there looking for someone to come and fight him. And here's how Goliath expects them to fight. Because... They understand that when a champion fights, they fight hand-to-hand combat. And so when they have that big shield, that big shield, he, he will put that shield against the other person's shield, and he will try to knock them off balance, and then he will thrust his javelin to kill them. And, and, and so Saul realized that there's nobody bigger than me, so therefore there's nobody stronger than me. So all it's going to take is real simple. I can stand out here, or whoever they send out, I'll put my shield like I've done in times past against their shield. And obviously their shield's not as big as mine, and then I'll push them back, and once I knock them off balance. I will thrust them with my javelin and the war will be over and victory shall be mine. Saul had this understood that this is how I've done it. This is my tested metal. This is how I fought before. I shall do it again. I shall have victory. But does anybody here understand that God can do some extraordinary things? Because look what happens here, right? 
Here comes a champion from Israel climbing down the mountain. Now, Saul must have some bad eyesight because he can't look, right? Say, how are you coming out with sticks? You only have one stick. He's looking at him and saying, you little boy are going to come out and fight me. Saul should have had already caught on that if he did not have a sword, he did not have a javelin, he did not have a shield, he was about to fight some other way. Y'all lost that, didn't y'all? Saul should have already understood. That he was coming to fight in a way that he did not expect. Studies show us that uh, the Israelites, uh, 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 marksmen, those with slingshots, could make it against an air's breath. That they could always hit their, ta- their target. And, and some suggest, uh, I forgot the author, but he wrote it this way. He says, Goliath facing David, who was a marksman, is like a man still in that time, fully armored, facing a man with a forty-five Magnum. Some of y'all say, well, I don't know what you're getting at. Y'all might watch Indiana Jones. And remember when that guy came out with the swords? He was twirling the swords. But I'm going to cut you up. I'm going to cut you up. And he took out his pistol and shot him. Boom. Let them know that you got swords, but I got good aim, and I'm going to shoot you, and you will go down. Goliath is standing there thinking, I've got all the armor, I've got all the weaponry, I have everything that I need to fight you. But he is not understanding that God is going to fight in another way. David shows up. He's saying, here, look what, what, look what Goliath says to him. He says, come here. Why does he say, come here? Because that's how I fight. I fight in close to close. Can you stand up for me, Pastor Moore? He's standing there waiting at the battle line. He says, now come here. He's waiting for him to come so they can get shield to shield. Push them back and thrust them. Thank you, sir. You may sit down. He's telling them, come here. But David says, you come to fight and defile, but I come to fight in what? The name of the Lord. The king of hosts. He will give us victory today. Because the battle is not mine, but the battle is whose? Anybody here glad that you don't have to fight your battles? Mm, mm, mm. You see how Saul thought it was one way, but David says, I know another way. You're trying to do it this way, but I'm going to try God's way. Anybody here try God's way? God can do extraordinary things beyond our understanding and beyond the way we may think because his intelligence is so much greater. And so he says, I'm going to fight the Lord's way. And you know what happened after he he says, Saul, this armor won't work. He says he went down by the brook to get five stars. He chose his armor. He chose his weapon wisely. He took five smooth stones. and He goes and we don't know. We don't know why he took five. But we know that he took his weapons with him. And he goes to face Goliath and he's coming as a shepherd does. He has a stick. So he thinks he says, well, you think I'm a dog? You're going to beat me with a stick? <laughs> no, nah, I'm not going to beat you with a stick. I'm going to beat you in the name of the Lord. He says, come close. And, and David says, huh, I'm going to come close. All right. Because what did David do? He ran to the battleground. He ran there, took out his slingshot, aimed it, and everything David was doing by his strength and by his might. But once he let go, God took over. And God sunk the stone into the forehead of Goliath, and he fell. And he fell. And then it says David ran and took Goliath's sword and cut off his head. Oh, once he defeated Goliath, the Philistines were trembling. They said, wait a minute. <laughs> Normally we win this victory, but we lost this one. And then all of Israel followed who? David. 
Y'all see that again? David versus Saul. They, they, they followed David because Saul was not in front. Saul has been rejected, and he is by God, and God has chosen David to be the next king. And look at the moment at the time that he started being recognized as the leader, and the king was at the time he stood. And I said earlier how David was practicing looking over the sheep. David understood that if a lion or a bear comes after one of mine, I got to go get my one that's being attacked. He understood how to look over the sheep. Won't God look over his children of Israel? And God understood that this one Goliath is trying to come against them. So God sends his David to go and defeat the Goliath to defend his children of Israel. Aren't you glad that God is able to give us victory, that he can send us a champion to fight on our behalf? Because, you know, a champion basically means a man in between the two. Who's our champion? A man that stands in between the two. Who stands between, uh, between us and God? Jesus. Who defeated our giant death? Jesus. Who is exalted and gives us victory? Jesus. And so just as David was able to stand against Goliath and overcome, just as Jesus was standing against death and overcome, we can see the same simulations. Both of them was through the Lord. When we put our faith in God, all we got to do is just be obedient, wait for our time, and we'll see the opportunity for God to give us success in issues of our lives. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. David was able to overcome what everybody else was scared of because he did not have fear. He had faith. I heard one person say fear was false evidence appearing real. They had a a giant standing before them appearing that he could defeat them. But what they did not see, as David saw, was an opportunity for their God to give them victory. There's many times in your life that people have tried to give you fear or have you dealing with doubt because you cannot see the outcome. You, 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 you've been there, right? You, your bank account is, 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 is lower than low. It's so low that you don't want to put a check in because you know you're not going to get a check back. And you just wonder how are you going to make it. And, you, and if you start thinking back over that, you have not missed a meal. Mm, mm, mm. Somehow the lights and the water are still running. And yet you have no, not a dime to your name. And then you start thinking about, oh, God's been good to me. Better than I've ever been to myself. And you start realizing that it was not because I worked hard enough or I was fiscal or I was saving. But it was by the grace of the Lord that I've made it thus far. Because even David said, it's not because I'm skilled, because I'm agile, that I know how to take down a lion and a bear. No, it was the Lord that has delivered me thus far. He looked back and says, in times past, I've been in troubles. I had opportunities. I had opposition. But every time I saw the Lord has given me victory. So I saw it in the past. I see it in the present. And can somebody say, I see it in my future? <laughs> See, see, so many times everybody else got doubt for you, but you got faith for yourself. And, and you believe in our God that can speak things into greatness in our lives. And so when we see this, look what happens. They defeat the Philistines. David takes Goliath's sword and puts it in his tent. <laughs> 
Saul later on wants to find out because it says that that David has attended to Saul and 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 so therefore Saul's familiar with David, but he he he, he might have forgotten where David came from. So he said, "Whose son is this?" Y'all see what I see? When you do something good, people want to know who you belong to. He didn't care about him before, but now that he's done something extraordinary, he want to know whose son is the, oh, that's the son of Jesse. Here, let me help somebody out that when you get victory in your life, there's an opportunity for you to point out whose child you are. You can let them know that, yes, if you look at my birth birth certificate, you might see who my my father and my mother are. But I want to point out to you that most of the stuff that I have in my life, yes, God's blessed me by his grace and his mercy with my mother and my father. But if you look back all over my life, if it had not been for the Lord that has been on my side, I would not be standing here in this place today. Yes, they understood who Jesse was because you want to reward him and his family as he said so, but yet I want to point us in our lives that people want to give glory. Mm, y'all, y'all quiet on me. Let me, let me, let me rewind because y'all, y'all didn't catch it. Let me rewind, let me rewind. In Isaiah 43 and 3, you're going to check it out. Uh, God created man. He created man for his glory. Go back further. Isaiah in Genesis 1, 26, God, he said, I'll make man after my own image. And he goes on to be fruitful and then multiply. And so we see how God's made man for his glory. And, and he wants to be fruitful and then multiply. And he wants us forever to be with him. How do I know? Because in Revelations, at the end, he says, and behold, I see a new heaven and a new earth. And I heard God say, now, I will forever be your God and you will be my people. And you know what you're going to do the whole time. You're up there in heaven. You're going to give him glory and want to point out that God wants all the glory. He deserves all the glory. Jesus says, if I draw all, if I, if I be lifted, I will draw all men unto me. But I want to point out that if you have not caught on what I'm trying to tell, everything that we do to bring glory to God, it's not about you getting a pat on your back or you get your name up in lights, but that the name of the Lord be lifted up. So I want to bring it back and say it one more time, that everything that you have gone through has been through that some Somebody might find out who you belong to so that they too might join you and give him glory. Is there anybody here that's glad that God is still on the throne, that he has all power in his hands, that no matter what you face, he's able to bring you through? Give him the glory. He is worthy to be praised. Look, look again, and I'm going to close on this. Look again at the text. It says, for 40 days they were stuck in a low place. <laughs> for 40 days they are stuck in a low place. Israel army on one side, they on the other side. But only for them to get out, they have to go down into the valley. Goliath is standing in the valley. He, in order for them to get out, they had to get low. In order for them to get out, they had to get low. They had to climb down a mountain and go down into the valley to face their opposition. But if we can grab on, look how David, David did not go down, did not expect them to come out. 
David went down to expecting to have victory and go through. <laughs> Y'all see that, right? He didn't expect to go down and just to come back. He expected to go down and through to the other side. Because what was preventing him from getting to the other side was the opposition that was in the valley. And many were scared to go down to the valley and face the opposition. But one man who had faith in God, the Father, decided that I can go low and face the opposition so that I may come up on the other side for victory. <laughs> Is there anybody here that's glad that Jesus came low to face the opposition? To give us victory and come out on the other side. Good day now, Zion. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you ought to testify. You ought to shout hallelujah. You ought to say amen. Jesus saved me. He delivered me. He brought me out on the other side. He defeated my giant. Oh, death, where's our victory? Oh, sin, where's your sting? The victory we have in Jesus. Is there anybody here glad that I'm more then I'll conquer. Good day now, Zion. I'm trying to leave you alone, but somebody out there ought to shout hallelujah. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. You saved me. You rescued me. You are my all and all. Giants may come, but they'll tumble and fall because I have the victory in the Lord. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. No matter how big it looks to you, <laughs> it's not bigger than your God. No matter how people say it looks harder, you don't have the experience. They don't know what God has put in you. No matter how many people try to tell you, you need to do it this way, you want to tell them, I tried the Lord's way. Tell your neighbor, try the Lord's way. Tell your neighbor this, tell your neighbor, don't let anybody else. Don't let anybody else. Come on, tell your neighbor, don't let anybody else tell you what you can do. When you know, when you know, when you know that God can do anything. Oh, glory be to God. I'm trying to encourage you. You're you going to walk out of here today and somebody's going to tell you what you can't do. You can't have that house. You can't get that car. You can't get that job. You're never going to get married. You're never going to have any kids. Well, look at them and tell them what God can do. He can give us a promised land. He can turn a dead womb to life. He can bring the dead to life. He can make the blind to see, the lame to walk. Tell me what my God can't do. My God can do anything he wants to. So I'm just going to wait for my moment. Just wait for my moment. Remember this story. The father told the son to go. The son, by faith, did everything else. The father did not say, go fight Goliath. The father thought they were already fighting. You read the, look at the closest text. It says, Israel was fighting against the Philistines. When David gets there, they weren't fighting. <laughs> they were hiding. I want to encourage you, just be obedient and go. And let your faith do the rest.
Let's turn to him. Lord, we just come to you right now, our God. Trusting you, O oh Lord, that you are able to do exceedingly above and beyond what we can ask or think or even imagine. That, Father, Lord, there's been times in our lives we face opposition. We want to give you the glory right now and praise you right now. For you have delivered us from them all. And, Lord, you've done it in the past. You've done it in the present. Lord, we see it in the future. So, Father, we want to walk in every victory. We want to trust you that we're more than conquerors and truly walk by faith and not by sight, trusting you and your holy word, that you are with us, so who dare stand against us, that you can provide for us better than we can ever do for ourselves. Lord, we thank you for the victory in our lives. We bless your holy name, and we thank you, God, for what you're going to do in our lives, for you're not through with us yet, and we thank you that you are a covenant God, that we have a relationship with you through the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray there might be someone here today, we pray that you will touch their hearts today, that they will say, what must I do to be saved? And Lord, we welcome them here in this place, that they too might be able to walk through the valley, but find out they can come up and lift it up with victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah.